podcast where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Luke McKay. Coach McKay is an assistant coach at the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. We talked to him today about having a plan B, about meeting people where they're at, how to be specific and consistent with feedback, and how to include your family within the program. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, thanks. I really appreciate it. appreciate you having me. Coach McKay, uh, man, knowing you for the time that I have, I'm so thankful that you're able to be on. And uh, just thank you for the time. Uh, I know you, you're very busy down, down there at uh, Rio Grande Valley. And, uh, you know, you guys are just grinding away, finishing up a practice, all that. So here again, uh, thank you for taking the time and making the time. Uh, so I want to start it off like Absolutely. I do. Yeah, yeah, Coach. We'll start it off with uh, like I do every podcast, Coach, in that how are you introduced to the game of basketball coming out of Perth, Australia? Uh, well, Perth, Australia, probably introduced to the game the same way a lot of people were. Uh, just friends, that's what they were playing. I grew up the 80s and 90s in Australia. Basketball was huge there. It was the boom time for basketball, that pro league. Uh, there in Australia was was huge, and it's making a resurgence now, and it's, it's really big. And yeah. that was the Chicago Bulls right there with Michael Jordan when basketball was just huge around the world. Yeah. And so it's just that's what my friends were doing. So so that's what I did. I, my my parents worked, so I was home by myself a lot. So we just grabbed the ball and we had some courts close by, and we just started playing. It was nothing real organized. Uh, basketball as far as in it in the junior league there was still very much in its infancy. So it was just unorganized, a group of guys playing ball and, and picking teams and getting out there and, and doing that to, to fill our afternoons and fill our time. So that's really how I got started in the game. And then just as I grew up, I kind of grew into the more organized side of things. But really it was just a very typical, hey, a group of friends, let's go get a ball, let's go play some five-on-five. Five. That's how I started. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh... – that's a great way to start because you associate the game with your friends and having fun. You don't associate it with the pressure, oh, yeah. with the pressure of having to produce and, and get better. And it's more like, let's just have fun. And I think that's the way the majority of us came up in the game where, you know, especially back in that era that you're Absolutely. talking about. I mean, we, we, we could go from morning till evening and then, uh, you know, take a little break for some, you know, with some sandwiches or some drinks and then, come back to it and go at it again for another five hours, man. Those were some really golden Absolutely. golden years back then, Coach. Yep. That's great. That's that's what we did. We didn't have any parents pushing us to play anything, picking yeah. sports for us. It was, it was as long as we were out of trouble and we weren't getting into anything we shouldn't be doing. We were up and down the court, burning off our energy. They were happy. So, yeah, it's, it was all good. And I didn't stop playing until I was about 11 or 12 years old. So I started late. So I didn't have any of that forced. Uh, activity on me so the game is fun and like you said you associate it with good times and that's still the way I feel today yeah that's great coach I'm, I'm so glad to hear that uh, so coach what was your playing experience like coming out of high school and then in, in, in past that 
Right. So I, again, I grew up in Australia, so I came up through the, the club system there rather than the high school uh, system. I came over here to, to Texas and played a couple of years of junior college ball over here, which was fantastic. Uh, really, really enjoyed my Juco times. Uh, anybody that's spent any time playing Juco ball knows, knows it's tough at the time and it, it can be hard. It can be challenging eating cold cheese sandwiches after games. <laughs> Cafeteria food isn't always the best. You got long bus rides. I say bus rides, van rides. A bunch of tall guys stuffed into a van. You might be sleeping on the floor. Uh, air conditioning doesn't work, and all that good stuff. But when it's all said and done, some of the memories and experiences and friendships you have end up lasting a lifetime. So, did that for two years and really, really enjoyed it. We had a good team there, and uh, did well. Made it to Hutch, the National Junior College uh, Championship. Then and had had some good experiences and did really well. Met some great people and uh, the the coaches that worked with us there are still family to this day. And uh, I stay in contact with them and they're wonderful. From there, went on to East Carolina University, which was a whole different animal. I went from being in a little tiny private junior college in East Texas to one of the biggest, if not the biggest, universities uh, in North Carolina. We went from flying but uh, riding buses and to play in Louisville and Cincinnati and, and Marquette and people like this. Wow. So it was a it was a total uh, 180 as far as the experience away from the court, but it was great on the court. Unfortunately, I spent most of my time in the training room hurt uh, with different knee injuries, but it was great. Met some wonderful people, and everybody in East Carolina is fantastic. And again, still people I stay in touch with uh, to this day. It was it was really really good out there, and I still follow the Pirates and see how they're doing. And got done there, graduated, and then went back to Australia, played in some minor leagues there until I got too old and couldn't run up and down with the young people anymore. And I uh, said, enough is enough. I can't chase you guys anymore. So I'm going to go into teaching and coaching. So it was a great experience and told me a lot, and really really enjoyed it. And for a kid from Australia come and play college ball it was a real culture change at times but uh really good for for my own personal development personal growth it was it was fun that's great coach i i I think you talk about two awesome experiences you know the juco experience is one that i think some kids in hindsight may regret not taking uh you know for a couple reasons one because they felt like they may have been too good for it and others because they felt like well no i'm I don't need the time to develop, uh, which they could use that time for. But you talked about those people still being family, and that is what it's like. You know, you you either love each other or you don't. And there's no, uh, I don't know. It just seems like you're, you're getting stuck in a van, like you said, those things. And then your time in East Carolina, I mean, those are experiences, Coach, for somebody coming from Australia or anywhere else. Uh, man. Those are those are great experiences to come back home to, and here again propel you to to something that you really want to do with the with the rest of your life, which leads me to my next question, Coach. Uh, did you feel like after you were done playing, you were going to go into coaching, or who or what influenced you to go into the coaching profession? Right, uh, I think really what influenced me to go into the coaching profession initially was I didn't I didn't have a good one out of the in high school, when I was in 
from a young kid, first grade all the way up through high school, I didn't really have a great experience as, as far as education goes. And my brother, my younger brother, was the same way. School just wasn't our thing. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it just didn't didn't mesh with us, and we, and we didn't mesh with it. And it wasn't it wasn't a positive experience for us. So my first coaching experience was tied to to being a teacher at the same time. So really what I wanted to be was a teacher slash coach, not just a coach. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to be in the classroom. I wanted to be with, with kids because I, I knew how it felt to be the kid that didn't want to be there. I, for my brother, I knew how it felt to be kind of the outsider and the person who kind of was on the periphery of the social side, the educational side, and just the whole uh, educational experience as a young man and that's what kind of drew me to coaching in the in the first place was that it was linked to to teaching obviously i want to stay involved in the game i wanted to be around the game and, and work with people on the court but the ability to work with people in the classroom and and kind of help people who perhaps were like me like my brother and like some people that i knew growing up maybe uh, the one having a good time as far as education goes and didn't feel like they belonged in the classroom, in the hallways, on their campus, uh, the opportunity to work with them and help them and then being able to link it with basketball and then stay in the competitive world of basketball was just fantastic for me. And that's what drew, drew me to being a teacher slash coach, uh, the ability to do both of those things and take both of those boxes uh, in, in a profession that I felt like I really enjoy. So I really enjoyed as a player. I really enjoyed those those kind of I call them light bulb moments when something you worked on for a long time, all of, all of a sudden, uh, working a game. You might yeah. have practiced it and thought about it and been trying to do it for a long time, and then all of a sudden it happens, and it's like you've been doing it your whole life. <laughs> I really enjoyed those moments as a player, and being able to have those moments as a as a teacher and a coach because you see in the classroom all the time and. Yeah. Then being able to have those moments where you watch a kid come from being on the freshman team to the JV team to the varsity team and watching them grow and have those moments on a consistent basis, those are things I really enjoyed. So being able to turn that into a job and a profession uh, was great. And that's kind of what drew me to it, to help out young people in the classroom and just kind of enjoy those competitive moments and watching people grow and have a part in that. Yeah, no, Coach, that's pure, man. Like that's uh, that's something that, I think a lot of young people are inspired by. They see a coach who gives a hoot and uh, is not just, I don't know, uh, commanding them to do things. They're serving them as well. And they're, and they're visible and they're accessible and they're relatable. And uh, I, I know that that means a lot to young people. So that's great, Coach. I'm glad to hear that, that that's how it started off for you. So what was your experience in your first coaching position? Uh, well, my first coaching, my first coaching position, I was a high school coach. Like I said, a high school coach and a teacher. So, uh, as a as a coach on the coaching side of things, it was my first experience. I went in there and I was had played Division One college basketball. I had played play in Australia, and I was going to go in there. And I had all these great ideas, and I had all these great experiences. And this is what we're going to run, and this is what we're going to do. And I get there, and these kids that maybe don't touch the ball from the time the season ends before it to the time to try out yeah. uh, for the next season, and they have no idea what's going on. They don't. They can barely dribble with their left hand, let alone yeah. uh, execute a pick and roll or, or read a read a ball screen coverage, things like that. So. Yeah. 
my first experience with that is that hey, the game was extremely important to me, but maybe it wasn't necessarily as important to that ninth grader who's also uh, in the band and on the debate team and yeah. got a girlfriend. Maybe it doesn't matter as much to him as it does to me. So right, right. my first experience was trying to find a way to, to give young people kind of ownership of, of their athletics and demonstrate to them how it can it be, can be beneficial. Even though they know I'm probably not going to play college basketball, they know they're probably not going to be professionals. So you kind of give them ownership of, of the game, the practices, and their team. So yeah. that was kind of my first experience on, on as a high school coach was it doesn't necessarily mean as much to them as it does to me. And I had to had to figure out ways to get them to buy in and get them to take ownership of, of their team because they're not going to do it just because they love it. They had to love their team. They had to yeah. love their teammates and, and play for something bigger than going to college or something bigger than, hey, I want to be a professional. So there was that. And then in the classroom, which kind of – it, it goes into being a teacher, I mean, being a coach, excuse me, the classroom bleeds into that. I remember vividly walking in my first day and I got this classroom, I got this lesson plan, I'm ready to go, I've got all these all these great ideas and we sit down, I've got my first class in there and I've, I've got a student sitting in one desk and she's admitted to Baylor, she's already done, she's going to Baylor, she's high academic school, she's going there. And right next to her, I've got a kid who is illiterate. Can't read, can't write, can't even spell his own name. And wow. I've got to teach these two, these wow. two students uh, the same way. And so it just taught me a lot about it's great to have a plan. You've got a plan, but you also have to be have a plan when that plan doesn't work. And you have to meet people where they are. And that was my biggest biggest thing, taking away from it, from the kids on the team who perhaps the game didn't matter as much for them. Well, I got to go meet them where they are. I actually can't expect them to come to me just because I'm the coach. Same way in the classroom. I got to go meet that student who is perhaps high academic, and then I got to go meet that student who perhaps hasn't had the background to build he or she up to that level yet. I've got to meet them where they are. I can't expect them to just jump on board yeah. uh, because I'm the teacher and it's my classroom. And I said, so I got to go find a way to reach them and teach them and help grow and develop them. So that was big for me, just just understanding that just because I'm the coach, just because I'm the teacher, doesn't mean people are going to necessarily come to me. I've got to got to find a, a way to reach out and touch them and influence them. Yeah, no, that's great, coach. I like what you're talking about there about having like a plan B see you know just kind of keep going as you have to adjust with young people because they're still people and uh anytime you're dealing Absolutely. with people you're not always going to get the buy-in and you definitely can't control others you can only control yourself so yeah no that that whole dynamic that you laid out coach was was amazing uh myself an educator thinking about those things even helps me to kind of put things into perspective and if there's any educators high school coaches out there listening that you're in a biology class, you're in a social studies class, whatever you're in, uh, you know, to kind of realize and, and take notice of who you're serving and, you know, to be mindful of those things and be thoughtful in how you, you know, interact with them every day. It, it, that was great, Coach. I really do appreciate you breaking that down because, uh, yeah, it, it's it's in, it's uh, injecting some perspective even even for myself right now sure. as well as yeah. you're talking. So that's great, Coach. And coach, coaching is just teaching. We just yeah. teach guys how to. People ask me, "Hey, how was your day today? 
what did you, what do you do today? What did you get up to? I I told told guys to throw a ball to a hoop. Is what I do, and uh, <laughs> yeah. that's that's all it is. That's what yeah. coaching is. It's just teaching. We just teach a game, yeah. and I got the utmost respect for teachers because especially teachers, coaches, they've got they've got game day, then they've got yeah. six classes they have to prepare for. They've yeah. got discipline. They've got all kinds of different things going. All these different balls in the yeah. air. Yeah. And they have to be able to adjust from class to class, student to student, yeah. and they have to do it seamlessly and smoothly while also uh, changing the lives of young people. So yeah. it's a great experience, and I think any coach uh, would benefit greatly from spending time in a classroom and having to reach 30, 35 different kids on different levels all at once yeah. on a bell schedule with uh, expectations to meet. And yeah. it's great. It was wonderful for me as a person and as a coach. Yeah, I know you're here again, coach. You're saying a lot, and 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 uh, what you're doing too is kind of painting a picture for maybe people who don't understand that uh, process. Uh, every year before the school year, for the last nine years, when as an administrator, when I've had to address teachers, as an athletic director uh, and the head basketball coach and all that, right? I've always let them know that they are the real workers. Um, and I say that because it's a war of attrition. When you're in the classroom, that's a war of attrition because you could, you feel like you want to give up at times, and then you add on the responsibilities of coaching after school, uh, going on road trips, uh, you know, having to, you know, make sure everything's taken care of uh, because you're responsible for just so much more after your daily responsibility. So that that's great, coach. I'm glad you're saying that because sometimes. I, I want to blurt all that out, but then I think, no, I'll let somebody else do it, and here you are. So I really do appreciate that, Coach. That's so good, man. That's well, so keep, keep saying it. I don't think it can be said enough. There's, I don't think so either. That they're, they're underpaid, they're overworked, and they're, yeah. they're growing our youth and growing our future. And right. I don't think people uh, at all give them enough credit, enough respect for what they do on a daily basis. Yeah. I remember those days coming home, and just having nothing left for them face first under the couch because you're going from you're going from the crack of dawn, whether it's the early morning practice all the way through class, all the way to the practice for uh, whether it's a varsity JV, freshman A, freshman B team afterwards. Yeah. You've got a, kids who maybe don't have a ride home. you got to help them. Maybe they don't have food on the table. you got to help them. And then by the time you get home, your face first is done for the day. So yeah. hats off to everybody out there working education. Amen to that, Coach. That's great. Uh, so, Coach, now where you're at at UTRGV, uh, what do you feel, uh, you know, given your experience, whether it was, uh, you know, there at McCollum High School or it was uh, at Oklahoma, there with Lon Kruger mm-hmm. and that fantastic run with guys like Buddy Hill and all that, uh, what do you feel like you've learned from that and you bring to the table that helps Coach Hill fulfill his vision for that program? Right. All right, I think coming from Macomb High School there on the south side of San Antonio all the way to, to Oklahoma and then hit the UTIGV, I think the biggest thing that I tried to be when I was at Macomb was consistent. But those kids who, who maybe didn't have consistency in their life, uh, when they showed up to campus every day, they knew I was going to be there. They knew I was going to give them energy and give them some love and attention that perhaps they weren't getting elsewhere. And they were going to get the same from me every day when they showed up. And then we go to, you know, you go to Oklahoma and you talk about a guy like, like Buddy Hill. You talk about consistency every day in the gym, whether we triple overtime game the night before or a day off. He's in the gym 
working and that consistency has paid off to the tune of who knows how many millions of dollars. And then, again, Lon Kruger there, same thing. Win or lose, he was the same guy every day. He came in uh, almost exactly the same way. He, he, his greeting to everybody was the same, the same every, each day, and his preparation uh, was the same every day. And it was very routine. And not that routine is bad. Routine sometimes sounds like it's a bad thing. The yeah. routine was great. The consistency was fantastic. And that's what you knew. You knew exactly what you were going to get every day. And here at UCIGV with Coach Hill, that's what I try to bring to the table here is just consistency. That Coach Hill knows that every day I'm going to be the same person, whether I'm tired, uh, you know, whether we won, whether we lost, whether we had the day off before, whether things are going well or things are not going so well. Try to be consistent. And that's in consistency and my energy, consistency in my demeanor, my preparation for games. If it's my scout preparing, he knows what I'm going to have done. And he doesn't guess. It doesn't, it's not something he has to worry about. Something he has to, well, is Luke getting this done? Is he getting that done? Uh, same in recruiting. Try to be consistent in that and just stay on it. Don't, don't let it slip. Uh, don't let things fall off. Don't, uh, don't compromise on recruiting high character people that fit well here. Uh, into our program and I think if you can remain consistent through the ups and the downs and you're going to have you're going to end up having more ups than you are downs. so I try to my best uh, to do that to do that to stay consistent and in my role here just be the best I can just yeah. be absolutely the best I can everybody here on campus uh, whether it's our president and our athletic director coach Hill we all have a have a role to serve here on campus to be the best I can in that role and same thing we ask our players to do. And yeah. This is your job. This is this is what we need you to do for us to be successful. Uh, you don't have to go out there and try to do what other people do. Uh, some people may get more shots. Some people will have to rebound. Some people will have to defend. So do the best you can at that. Be the best in your role. And that's what I try to be. I don't, don't try to go out of my lane and do something I'm not asked to do. But when the opportunity does come to do something, be prepared and stay consistent with that. That's great, Coach. Yeah, that's important for everybody who's listening. Uh, sometimes you feel like you kind of want to get out of your lane and improve yourself, but the time will come for that. Time, the, the the time will come, and when it does, you know that you've you've been prepared for it. So that's great, Coach. Routine and consistency. I like that. I like that a lot, Coach. How important, you know? Here again, having been an assistant, uh, there's a lot of things that you have to. I don't know deal with at times and different hats you have to wear. But at, right. the, at the end of the day, your head coach, uh, the AD, whoever, as they provide feedback, how important is that feedback in the process of improving every day? Well, I think feedback is incredibly important for it, whether it's a coach, a player, uh, a student in the classroom. Really, that's, all, that's what tests are when you go to class. That's what a test is. That's feedback on how well you You've learned a concept or absorbed a concept and how you can put it into, into practice. Uh, feedback's incredibly important for development and improvement. So I think there's nothing that can, nothing that can trump feedback. And if it's not good feedback, if it's not specific feedback, if it's not honest, honest and consistent feedback, then it can steer people off, off the path of reaching their potential. But it's vital without it. I and mean, that's, and you can't, you can't move forward. And uh, I think 
there's, there's no substitute at all for it. And something we try to do is be specific. We don't, and this is what I try to do with our guys is don't tell them, hey, good job. Because good, good job to somebody could mean one thing, could mean to another person something very different. So yeah, yeah. try to be specific with that. Really, really be specific rather than telling them, hey, you did well. Hey, you really ran the floor well. You did a great job talking today. Uh, you were really in a great defensive stance. Uh, whatever it is, be very specific with it. Yeah. Uh, so feedback's good in that regard. And be consistent with it. But again, like consistency is, is everything. We want them to know when they do something well, we're going to tell them. Uh, when they don't do something well, we're going to tell them. And keep that, keep that consistent, whether we're tired, whether they're tired. We keep the feedback coming and we're going to be honest. We're going to be specific and, and consistent with that. I like that, Coach. Be specific and consistent with your feedback. I like that. Uh, and, and then, of course, Coach, what you said right there about even taking a test, that's feedback on how well you're instructing and the content in the classroom. That's good. I'm going to use that. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to take that from you. That's so good. I'm going to share that no, with, with my coach. teachers. Man. It's such good stuff, and I, I really I really do appreciate you saying that. It's a different perspective. So, Coach, uh, if you could finish this sentence for me. Uh, the life of a college coach is the life of a college coach is fun. It's yeah. fun. It's yeah. uh it's a great profession. It's every day is, is exciting. It's sometimes it can be tiring and you may feel fatigued at the end of the day, but it's fun. Really we get to we get to talk about basketball, we get to work with people. Uh young people will still have that energy for life when they're going into to the beginning of their adult lives and yeah. That's fun to watch and be around, and hopefully have a positive impact on. Uh, we've got we've had players here from all around the world, from Rwanda, Senegal, Australia, uh, Turkey. We've got a young man here who's who's, who's Native American uh, by heritage, and it, it's just fun to wow. meet different people from all around the world and hear their story and be exposed to that and. Even though I have an office, at the end of the day, my work's done on a court in shorts and a T-shirt with the ball bouncing and yeah. teaching people how to play the game and try to challenge people and grow people. And one of those off the court and trying to help people and build connections with young people and, and learn more about them and, and watch them grow as young men. And it's, it's really fantastic. You get to meet people. You get to travel all over the world. Uh, you get to meet people maybe that would be outside of your typical uh, realm of peers because of the game. And yeah. I've met so many fantastic people, uh, and the game's allowed me to do so many things. It's just, it's fun. It's fun on a daily basis. I think the moment that it stops being fun, uh, you got to get out. Because it is time-consuming, it is energy-consuming, and it is a challenge. And if you're not having fun in that challenge, then it's going to filter down to the people that you work with, and that's going to negatively influence yeah. uh, young people who are going into the world. Yeah, no, it'll choke it down to your family life as well, and I think that's uh, something that we all try to protect uh, from. Absolutely. I guess getting it from us, you know, transferring what we experienced at work or in the game, and then taking it home. And on that note, Coach. Uh, I always see you posting pictures of your family and your kids, and that's fantastic because, you know, they they genuinely look happy, not like, hey, kids, smile. And, you know, they kind of give you that grin. Now, maybe when they're teenagers that may happen, but they're kids, <laughs> man, and they're excited because that happens with teenagers no matter what. 
but, but you know, your oldest daughter, she's almost there anyways. But coach, how do you manage your busy schedule and family time? Right. Yeah. She's there already. She's, she's 13 going on 25. So wow. she's right there already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It is, it is challenging as far as time goes, but I think a lot of it is it is what you, you make of it. And I'm very fortunate to have, to have a wife who loves it maybe as much as I do, who loves the guys, the competition, the preparation. She loves it as much as I do, and she's nice. all the way bought into supporting the guys and supporting, supporting the team. And she's as interested in them and who they are as people. She doesn't know a great deal about the game and she'll tell you that, but she's as interested in these people that we work with on a daily basis as much as anybody. And she loves to go talk with them and find out how things are going with them. So she's all the way in. I think uh, it's important to be able to include your family yeah. uh, with, with the team and with players. Uh, out, my son and my kids are here. They're gym rats. They grew up in the gym. So they'll, They'll be in and out of the gym all the time, and they're running around playing in there. When I'm in the office watching film and when I'm on the court practicing, they'll be out there. And uh, I think it's important to to include them as much as possible, yeah. one, for them, for my family, because it lets them be around uh, more and it lets them see me more often. Yeah. Uh, and it, lets, it lets them see young people that are closer not quite there yet, but close to their peer group age who, who've worked hard, who, who've sacrificed things, who, who've developed the skill in basketball and is, who are turning that into a positive. So let them see the hard work and, and self-discipline and these things are positive things. These things are good things and that there is good to be learned from athletics, whether you become an athlete or not, but there's positives from athletics. So yeah. I think it's positive for my kids to have these role models growing up. And I think that that's valuable. And to see them at, at vulnerable moments too, when not just when they're on the court, not just doing on the poster, dunking or flexing their muscles or having fun yeah. on highlight films, to see them in their vulnerable, difficult moments when they're struggling through some yeah. of the practice, when they need uh, somebody to pick them up and, and, and hold them up when there's some hard going on academically or at home or socially. Uh, so I think that's, that's valuable for my kids. But on the flip side of that, I think it's valuable for our athletes. I think it's yeah. valuable for them to have a family around them because we don't have any. We've got two guys on the team uh, who are here from the Valley. Everybody else is away from home. So yeah. we've got Thanksgiving yesterday, and they don't have their family. Yeah. So they need a family, a surrogate family, so to speak. And a lot of times that becomes the coach's family. So yeah. uh, I think that there's, there's real value in that for them to see uh, the same faces every day, to see those these kids growing up, to see a, a relationship between a father and a son and daughters and a wife and see how you can balance life and and work and still have fun with it and still enjoy it. So yeah. I think it, it can be good for both sides. Uh, I think it's, again, it's great for my kids. They're bored in, more bored in than uh, anything. And I remember my last game at McCollum there on, in San Antonio when my girls we were walking out to the, to the car after the game. They realized it was the last game of the season and we got bounced out of the playoffs and we told them the season was done and they just, they just started bowling under control. They didn't want wow. it to be over because they, yeah. they just love the season so much. They love the guys so much. And they're the same way here. When guys graduate and move on to the next part of their, their life, 
they get down. They don't want to see them go. They end yeah. up over the course of years really going attached to these guys and enjoying seeing them every day. So it's good. It's a good thing. I think it can be a challenge, but it is what you make it, and it can be a positive for for both sides, whether it's my family or, or the, the players here. They can all grow and learn from each other, and it can become a positive, and hopefully it becomes one of those things where it's a, it's a relationship that's built over a lifetime, and we can stay close and stay they family. Yeah, that's great, Coach. You're talking about your kids and, and your players and your family just kind of being part of uh, the mix of things and studying basically or getting to observe the human condition on a daily basis in that the ups and downs, the good, the bad. I mean, it's it's so great. It's a great dynamic in the way you laid it out. Uh, it, it's not, it just seems like that's so beneficial uh, for all everybody you know, all stakeholders, man, everybody invested yeah. is, is getting something out of it. And that's, I believe that's really what you want from a program, you know, because you, at the end of the day, coach, all of us as coaches, we got to think about, okay, I'm here at this program. I know what I can, like we talked about what you bring to the table, but what does this program offer me as well? And I think that's, right. uh, that's what you're explaining about what you're offering and what it's offered you and how it's benefited. So, that that's uh gold. Yeah. That's gold, man. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. So, coach, you know we oh. kind we kind of ha- we go through these times of reflection, right? And we think about not necessarily ourselves in a selfish way, but we think about what have we learned, you know? Because uh, we're always teaching, like you said. But I I believe too the the, the good ones like yourself and uh, and all the other coaches that we've had on are constantly learning about themselves. So what have you learned about yourself personally throughout your career? Right. I think that's, that's valuable to be introspective and uh, examine yourself and learn about yourself as much as you possibly can. And again, going back to being a teacher, uh, I think probably every teacher had that had that moment where the day was over, they shut the door and they sat down at the desk and they looked inward and thought, man, what did I, where did I go wrong? Today yeah. was just not a good day. What did I do wrong? Yeah. And we've all been there and we've all just had to, had to look inside and, and learn more about ourselves and what we're doing. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that I've learned from, from being a coach uh, more than anything is extreme humility. Wow. I guess the, the biggest thing in, in, the, in basketball now, it, it's growing into being a global game. And uh, just when you think you got it figured out, it changes. And yeah. there's so many, so many great coaches out there, whether they're high school coaches, college coaches, pros on the club level, AAU, and all around the world. If we think we, we got it figured out, do we know it all, uh, we're sorely mistaken. So yeah. and being humble and hey, these are things that, Perhaps I'm comfortable with now, but it's going to change quickly, and there's yeah. going to be somebody smarter than me in the room uh, real quick. So humility is, is a big one. I think that that's a great uh, tool to, to guard against uh, guard against becoming complacent and thinking, yeah, we got it. We got it under control. Yeah. It, it keeps people hungry. keeps people looking to learn. and keeps people curious about the game and knowing that – I really don't know at all. I went and watched a couple NBA teams, G League teams, went to the training camps uh, this summer, and you walk in there and you see these these great, incredible coaches coaching, and it'll open your eyes real quick. To, to you don't know it all. You don't have a clue what you're talking yeah. about. So you better be learning. 
that yeah. I'd be learning. So yeah. that's a big thing right there for me is to, that I don't know it all. And uh, that humility has led to curiosity for me. And you can learn from so many different people. Like we've got a great, great manager uh, here on that team. He's fantastic. And one of the first questions I ask him when I see him every day is, what have you learned today? Because, he's going to teach me something every day and we have a great back and forth every time we, he walks in the office or we walk out on the court he's teaching me something from his classes mm-hmm. from his life from books he's read, he's read or podcasts he's listened to because it's it's you can learn from everybody around you that players are constantly teaching us things and yeah. uh, the kids around the program are constantly teaching us things so humility is great and then along with that comes patience uh, great deal of patience when it comes to coaching. You have to have patience. If you don't, uh, you're going to burn yourself out real quick, which has been good for me, again, with one teenage daughter and one daughter that to be a teen and then my son, who is off wow. the walls energetic. If you don't have patience, yeah, uh, they're going to wear you out real quick. So for sure. great patience and, and humility can go a long way, I think, in the co- coaching profession, the teaching profession. And then, and then being, a, being a husband and, and being a father, those things are, are great, man. Yeah. Uh, that's the biggest thing I've got from being a coach is that it's, it's okay to not have all the answers, but you got to stay curious to try and seek out the answers and, and yeah. find find the answers. And we're watching the game evolve in front of our eyes now to where when I was growing up, it was you got to have two big post guys down there to now that we're letting threes go all over the place and yeah. you don't really need a big guy anymore. Yeah. So to, to be curious and remain flexible in that, and, and it's, it's a great, it's a great lesson in life. Again, yeah, no, you, extreme humility and patience. You know what that keeps you from as well, coach? It keeps you from being a jerk. And uh, <laughs> I've always known that, man. Some of the guys that think they know it all are the most impatient people with the rest of us who don't. And uh, so, yeah, no, man, that's that's great. And, and shout out to Jacob Galindo. On that, your manager, man. He's Jacob the, Galindo, yeah, he is. He's the, he's the guy. He's man. the man. Yeah, it's another San Antonio That's the man right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout yep, out to Jacob. That's him. Yeah, good, good, good. He's fantastic. Man. He's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yep, he make he makes things tick. He's he's the first one in the building, turning the lights on every day, and and he's the last one leaving, making sure everything's washed and yeah. hung in the lockers for the guys the next day. It's incredible and. Yep. Talk about humility. No job's too big, no job's too small for him. He's, yeah. he's taking it head on, and he's going to do it to the best of his ability. Yep. And then going into patience, he's not going to get upset when he has to do something, something get down and dirty and do the dirty work. Yeah. He's wonderful. Good, good guy right there, Coach. So, Coach, I'm going to ask you this question. I ask every guest because, you know, everything you're talking about is about teaching, uh, working with young people, building relationships, that help you continue to build relationships at home where, to me, quite frankly, it really matters the most. Uh, you know, what when you think about, because you're still young, man. I mean, you got a long ways to go in this game, but. <laughs> I hope know. so. Yeah. No, crossed, I do. Yeah, no, man. I, I think about legacy, right? Because we've kind of, all of us to a degree have built some kind of legacy, whether we like it or not. I mean, it's just, it's just it is what it is. Because when you work with people, you leave an impression on them. And so I would ask you, Coach, what would you want your legacy to be and be said of you when your career is all said and done? Right. Uh, 
not necessarily something I think about. I'm closing in on 42 years old now, so that's hopefully, hopefully that's a long, long way <laughs> away. Uh, yeah. I don't plan to retire. They're going to have to kick me out of the gym or kick me out of the classroom. Yeah, yeah. I don't plan on retiring at any any time, anytime soon or any time yeah. in the future. I don't want to do it. Uh, having too much fun doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. I don't really, it's not something I really think about, but I hope that uh, when players and people that I work with, whether it's in the classroom or my kids or just people that I'm around on a daily basis or that I'm fortunate enough to be involved in their lives at the end of it, they can say that, you know, he, he cared about other people. Uh, he was, he got over himself. It wasn't about him. It was about helping other people. And if, if the young men that I work with, my kids that I have, uh, can take that into the world and have spread that out that, hey, we're all going to lift each other up and we're all going to help each other, then the world's a better place for it. The world becomes a better place for it, whether it's on the basketball court, in the classroom, or just in society as a whole. Uh, we do have coaches an ability to exponentially help people. Yeah, uh, we've got you know, you got 10 to 15 guys on the team. If they take, go out and help 10 to 15 people and then they go help 10 to 15 people, then it can spread pretty quick. And if, if we can have people that are curious about life, curious about others, and uh, humble enough to know that they don't know it all and that everybody has a story and everybody has something to teach you and we can just grow a better understanding in the world with, uh, with young people and uh if that's if that's all I do, wins and losses will come because of it. Success and trophies and things that will come because of uh, the other parts of, of helping young people grow. So, hopefully, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I've helped young men become better fathers, better husbands, better members of society who yeah. are curious and humble enough to keep growing others and developing others, and that's something that can continue. Uh, Long when it's all said and done, and my ball stop bouncing. Yeah, no, that's great, Coach. I, I appreciate your perspective. I appreciate your time. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Uh, means a lot to me, uh, knowing that you you served here in my city as well, and and I know that part of town very well. Uh, and I just here again, thank you for what you do and your perspective, and really thank you for making the time today to be on. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for what you're doing. And again, talk about spreading information and, and helping people podcast. Nowadays, they're, they're a great way to do it. You're doing fantastic work. They're helping all of us so we can in turn help others. And it's great. We really appreciate what you're doing. And I listen to it often. And I, hopefully, uh, hopefully somebody out there, those teachers, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Yeah. And, Things go great for the rest of the school year, the rest of the season. Thank you, Coach. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. Know that you are appreciated. So please take the time to listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can also follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Here again, all of this I thank you for. Please leave a rating, subscribe, follow, leave feedback. Uh, this is your platform. So, you know, take ownership of it. And here again, you are appreciated. So thank you.